listening to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker, joining us via the satellite. Show uh, that's what they call it. <laughs> the satellite. Yes, that's the that's the French Canadian way of saying it. And so, you know, just to appeal to our French Canadian audience, and uh, I'm sure now they're like, uh, the f- that's not how you say it. But okay, anyways, <laughs> uh, we are currently in a series where we are breaking down the top tens of different things across the league. We've done the top 10 moments uh, in our personal hockey history. I, I guess you could say uh, we also did. What, what else? What else do we, what did we do last week? <laughs> I forget now. Top 10 under 21. Yes. Under 21. <laughs> and this week we are doing well today. We're doing our top 10 captains across the NHL. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that here momentarily. Uh, not a whole lot of news as we are kind of in that that dead zone area, but the Montreal Canadiens have traded Kirby Reichel to the Calgary Flames for Hunter Shinkaruk. Did you see that? Wow. Did you see that today? That big, massive I move? I did. <laughs> uh, any thoughts at all? <laughs> Congrats to both guys, I guess. Sure. Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I guess a, a nice fresh start. Well, Reichel was was on the Leafs actually. I think he was a part of the uh, the Blakanic deal, if I remember right. I, I think so. He, he was supposed to be touted as like a the next big generational power forward type guy. I, I think when he went to Columbus, uh, never really panned out. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, but, but yeah, so, yeah, I two mean, guys that yeah, haven't panned out because no. Shinkaruk. All I can remember about Shinkaruk is that in like NHL 16 or 15, he's always he has such a high potential, and you can grow him into a really good player. But you know, fantasy—it's all fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we you know one one interesting thing that I just it came up on our Twitter, and uh, you and I both responded to it, and so I just wanted to throw it out and just talk about maybe some of the why behind it. But there was a a question posed, I don't remember who it was, and I asked, what was the best Red Wings team not to win the Stanley Cup? And uh, I, who, who did you say? You said the 90, 95, 96 Red Wings, I think, right? Yeah, the, the, that set the record. The 62-win team. Colorado. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the 62-win team. And then I said the 0203 team that was – Essentially, the same as the O2 team that won the cup that everybody says is the greatest team period of the last like 20 years is not not even just Red Wings teams, but uh, that team got screwed in the first round. I think they what, what they lose in like five games or something like that to the Ducks. And every oh, game went, went deep into overtime and Jaguar. I mean, I think Curtis Joseph let in five or six goals. It was it was akin to this the Vegas Kings series that we, uh, we saw this last year where Jonathan quick played unreal, but Mark Andre Fleury played otherworldly as well. And so it was, uh, it was, you know, no matter what quick did in that series, it was, he was done. So I I think that team definitely the most shocking first round loss. And then, because then that team just kept losing in the first round, even though they were real good, they lost that Oilers team in 05, that ended up going to the finals. Yeah, I uh, don't get me wrong. But I think both times, you know, the Wings got stifled by good goaltending. But, yeah, J.S. Shaguer just put on a show that I don't even think Rollison compared to. 
No, no, that that is true. Yeah, that Jaguar series was just. Uh, it was that was that was insane. I mean, that whole run was just was crazy. Um, okay, well, you know, based on the fact that there's not a whole lot of news, I guess I guess uh, William Nylander's contract is still being worked out, and uh, that remains a topic of conversation. But again, it's August twentieth. There's still a, essentially a month before training camp starts. It doesn't sound like really anybody's worried. No, I wouldn't be. And uh, I'm staying optimistic that we can sign him for un- <laughs> for under four million for eight years. That's uh, <laughs> wow! Well, right, don't hold kidding. your breath. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be great. No, but uh, yes, I mean, this is that time where you start to go. Okay, there's only I think what I think what is it? Forty two days now, or forty three days until uh, the hockey season begins. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's just kind of where we're at now. It's, you got to count down. Nothing's going on. All the signings have pretty much been done. And so we sit and we wait and we do top 10 lists. So let's dive into our top 10 list before uh, we bore bore ourselves trying to find random news that's happening in the world of hockey. So uh, that's why we created ourselves. Um, So just just before we go through this list, uh, you've made your top 10, I've made mine. What kind of... Uh, you know, why did one guy make a list and, and another guy didn't? What what kind of uh, reasoning did you use behind creating your list? Sure. Uh, criteria for me has to be, you know, a guy that, you know, not only is he just he's a he's a leader on the on and off the ice, but he's he's the type of player that in any type of situation throughout the game, when you look at down your bench, you're going to say that's the guy I want leading my team, no matter if it's a penalty kill. If it's a power play, like he's the guy I trust the most. And and on the flip side, too, if you're in sticky situations, say your team's going through, you know, a 10 game losing streak, much like, you know, Philadelphia did here last year. You know, who's going to be the guy you're going to look to to kind of revigorate the team and get them going again? Who's that guy you're going to, you know, really get get the troops fired up? OK. All right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think uh, the the one thing that I will add to that, uh, I did include some level of star power to uh and and like in influence where you know you see a guy and and he's not only is he the captain of his own team he ends up and goes and is the captain of his international team too uh i i did that that played a factor for me in saying you know other captains of other teams gladly will throw the c on this guy so that's oh absolutely and I, I agree with you. I think uh, there's plenty of examples when because a lot of these international, it's it's guys on the team that want him to be the captain. They they're not looking at the coach to name the captain. It's those other players, those other superstars that would want this guy to captain the team. Sure, yeah, sure. and and there's there's a level, you know. I guess I I'm not on these guys' teams. I don't know them personally, so I really can't speak to their own personal leadership abilities. Uh, all I can see is essentially what you see in the ice and what you hear from other people, you know? So I, I, Derek McKenzie may be the consummate captain of his team in terms of his leadership ability, but he's not on my list for the floor, captain of the Florida Panthers. He's not on my list because he, he's Derek McKenzie. He's, <laughs> he's not somebody who is being utilized as a star player out on the ice in any way. Uh, oh, sure. So uh, that, that does play a factor for me too is, yeah, it's great that you're the captain of a team, but sometimes teams just don't have a guy to be 
the full package, so they just throw the C on someone. And in a place like Florida, it's not as big of a deal as it would be, say, in Chicago or Toronto. Of course, there's no captain in Toronto right now. We can maybe toss that out, but um, yeah. So yeah, we'll- no, I I agree. Um, also, you know, I I mean, definitely when you talk about Darren McKenzie, you know, part part of the thing I look for in a in a captain is a guy who can produce. You know, a guy who's going to get you some points when you need them. Absolutely, and or or if he's a defenseman than somebody that you're relying upon in every situation like you were talking about before. So, okay, with that said, exactly. Uh, let's go with your uh, – what, what guys missed your list for you? Well, uh, believe it or not, uh, one of the guys that missed my list uh, was – well, actually, I'll tell you the three – the top three guys that missed my list. So first I got Steven Stamkos missing my okay. list. All right. Um, I yeah, think I've that, been a little bit critical. He, he also – yes, you have been, and he also hasn't – I mean, other than this last season, it felt, feels like he he hadn't produced the way that he should have, and he wasn't around half the time. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I have OEL from Arizona missing my list as well, even though he's not a full-fledged captain, but still the leader of that team regardless. And then number three missing my list is Connor McDavid. Okay, all right, well... That's uh, what. What was your reasoning for not having Connor McDavid on there? Just that he's too young, or yeah, a little bit to do with the age thing. I think you know, if you're if you're if your player's going up and down the the lineup, and you know something terrible is going on on the ice, and you really need you know a guy to pick you up, you know, or there's situations where you're looking for leadership. You know, maybe the guys on the bench might not look to Connor; they might even look to a guy like Milan Lucic, who's been in the league for many years, who you know, his experience pretty much every up and down the league has to offer. And I think just because of his youth, I, um, you know, a guy like him or a, a Gabriel Landeskog, even, you know, back a few years ago, you would look and say, you know, he's not really captain material yet. Um, I do opinion that I think Edmonton rushed giving him the seat, even though it was going to be his anyways. Um, I just think maybe they just figured, oh, we're going to give it to him in a few years. So let's just put it on him now and call it a day. Okay. Uh, it was looking pretty good after that first, well, his first full season when they went to the semifinal. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, guys that missed my list, uh, of significance, I'd say Jamie Ben is one guy that, uh, narrowly missed my list. I, I really like him as a player. He's fantastic. Uh, he's just, to me, he's never really led his team to anything of significance. So, uh, he, he misses my list in, in that sense. Uh, as well, uh, a, a guy like Eric Carlson misses my list because Ooh. I I think that now had we done this list two years ago, he would have been on the list. Uh, perhaps he gets traded and he becomes the captain of wherever he goes. He may appear back on my list, but I don't think that you can have a top ten captains list with a player who doesn't want to be the captain of the team anymore. So sure. he is, uh, he probably is the most, is the best player that missed my list. Uh, and it's simply because he, <laughs> he's going to go somewhere else. So that's, uh, that's why he's not on there. So, okay. With that said, let's hear your number 10. Number 10. I have a Joseph Pavelski. Okay. Oh, Joseph, Joe Joseph Pavelski. No, don't call him Joe. Pa. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's like a swear word these days. Uh, yeah. Joe Pavelski. Okay, so Joe Joe Pavelski's he's been the captain since 2015-16 season. Uh, I had a kind of a weird transition into his captaincy, taking it from Joe Thornton. Uh, yeah. Why why throw him where you put him? 
Well, I honestly, a guy, and he's he's one of those guys that grinds it out, plays every situation, and never complains about anything. I mean, granted, you know, we don't we don't always hear what goes on in the locker room, but this guy produces night in and night out. There's there's really no ups and downs to his games. He's very consistent. He gives you the same game, the same you know production every single season. And I mean, even if you go a little bit further and you look at his Corsi numbers, he's still got very positive numbers and you know his offensive defensive zone starts are pretty you know pretty dang close and consistent every single year all right uh well my number 10 was steven stamkos Ooh. Uh, i think that the way that he has battled back from injuries and he is the leader of that team there's no doubt and they are one of the best teams in the national hockey league right now and on a team with a lot of talent and so he's leading this a very talent-filled lineup up and down. And uh, I think that he maybe does it a little bit more quiet publicly. Uh, but it seems to me like Tampa doesn't really have a whole lot of ups and downs. They're often, when, when he's in the lineup, they don't go on big, long losing streaks. And so I think that does speak to the leadership of that team. And so Stamkos gets my, he gets my 10 nod. I, I think he could be higher on there. If they were to go and win a cup, he might be higher on there. But uh, just because... Sure. He's had so many injuries. Uh, he's sitting at number 10 for me. Oh, and number nine is Joe Pavelski for me. So I, I had him just slightly above. Uh, I do think that Joe Pavelski has, you know, he took the, took over the captaincy and took the team to the Stanley Cup finals. And he's had to be the captain during a lot of, I, I think there has been more transition in San Jose than, uh, than what we think. Uh, not necessarily even just the players. I mean, losing Patrick Marlowe is a big deal. He's, he was the franchise for mm-hmm. so long. Uh, but also, just uh, there's been a youth movement coming through there. And, uh, I mean, he's no long, He's not young anymore. I think he's going to be 33 this year. But yeah. I, I think that he is, he's now the guy. And even though Joe Thornton's there, I think it's such a, an interesting situation. Thornton's still there. But, you know, Pavelski has done a good job at taking that role and Thornton obviously is a huge, still a huge part of their leadership team, but uh, he kind of takes the charge at this point. So that's why he's my number nine. And who's your number nine? And number nine, I have Eric Carlson. Okay. Yeah. And why, uh, why does he make your list? Well, much like, I mean, much like Pavelski, he, you know, took his team to the Stanley cup finals a couple years ago. No, he took um, them to the conference finals. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One goal away. Rounds. One goal yes. away. One goal away against Pittsburgh um, would have been interesting. But for me, you know what? He he seems like one of those quiet leaders. And I think, you know, being in Detroit for so long and seeing guys like Lindstrom and Zetterberg, I, I'm almost starting to think it's a Swedish thing where they're they're quiet leaders. You know, you don't really hear much from from guys like Carlson or Zetterberg. Um, they're not very outspoken. Uh, but to me, he's, you know, one of those guys, especially how horrible the situation has been le- uh, recently in Ottawa. I think, you know, for him, he's kept his composure. He, he hasn't come out and said, man, you know, things are bad. You know, I, I need to get out of here. I, ne- I need to get traded right away. Like he, I mean, it's been pretty quiet on from, from his front anyways, in terms of all the trade rumors and rumblings we hear. So, um, you know, th- this is a guy that easily could have been a little sour over the last few years about the way things have gone, but has uh, been pretty pretty steady and uh you know showing what it what it takes to be a good nhl on the ice sure just got one of his players kicked off the team <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't i don't i don't think that was that's painting it in a very very 
uh, we'll say a very slanted light. I just I just had to frame yes. it that way because it was funny. <laughs> uh, that whole situation was messed up. Sure. Whether or not whatever happened there, it was just weird. Um, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. Okay, so your number eight is Eric number Carlson. Eight. Uh, my number eight is a guy that maybe you, you know, I, I think Anze Kopitar has to be on your top 10 list. Uh, I think some, you may have him higher up. Uh, I, I I like him here at this, this eight spot. I think that he's got a lot of guys who are very vocal in that locker room. A Drew Doughty, uh, who is clearly vocal. Um, so <laughs> you've got to lead a lot of probably pretty outspoken guys and, uh, I I think the way that they turned everything around last season really mm-hmm. was led by Kopitar. I mean, you saw just in the way that he played and the stats that he was able to amass last season just shows, and bringing a guy like Dustin Brown along with him for the ride shows how solid of a leader that he is. And uh, I, I mean, he's just, he is, you were talking about consummate power forward earlier, and I'd say that he really is, your consummate power forward. I mean, he's responsible defensively. He uses his body. He's not necessarily a, like, grind it up, going to crush guys, but he definitely is a big man and uses his body to his advantage. Yeah. Which uh, uh, which tends to play, you know, when you're not playing well, if you can play like that, you can still create offense. So, Yeah, not going to disagree with that at all. I I love Kovatar. I'm a huge fan of his. So, uh, kudos to you for coming in at number eight, even though I might have him a little higher on my list. Um, but for me, at number eight, I got Big Z, Zdeno Chara. I thought you were going to say Henrik Zetterberg. Okay. <laughs> Zdeno no. Chara at seven? At number eight. Oh, at eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I have him Carlson. at seven. That's why I was a little, I was confused. Oh, yeah. yeah. Carlson and that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've yeah. got Zdeno Chara at eight. I have him at seven. What's yep. your uh, who is your seven? Well, my seven is Ryan Getzlaff. Okay, all right. Yeah, we we've kind of got this little. Uh, I'm like one ahead of you because Getzlaff <laughs> is my six. Okay. So uh, and I have Kopitar at number six. Why? Why the the particular order with those guys? Why? Why is Chara on there? I mean, he's definitely an older older player. What what makes you put him in there over a guy like Carl's? Well, so. For instance, I, I think winning the Stanley Cup obviously helps a lot when it comes to, you know, looking at Char versus Carlson, right? Um, but to me, I, I think Char is a, a little bit more vocal, well, a lot more vocal, actually. But, um, you know, he he's the guy that puts his body on the line almost every night. And I don't necessarily see that from Carlson, even though, you know, that doesn't have to necessarily be the biggest criteria for being a good leader. But, yeah, he's just got the know, puck the whole time, that's all. Right. It's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> his fault. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So for a guy like Char, and especially at this point in his career too, um, it's great to see what he's doing, that he's still out there skating. He's still out there giving it everything he has. Um, now when you move up a little bit further up the line to number seven with, with Getzlaff here, I, I think, you know, uh, last season is a big indicator why I have him at seven on the list. Uh, you know, the rest of the team around him, I, I think struggled at times. You had, you know, some of their other big leaders on the team, like Corey Perry, and Kessler dealing with injuries and struggling offensively. Uh, but Ryan gets left to me, just, he keeps it together. He's solid every single year and come playoff time. He's, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And he has, uh, he has managed to stay pretty healthy, uh, you know, playing mm-hmm. at least, at least 77 games other than the lockout year. He played 44, uh, since 2011, 12. So that's, 
that's pretty solid, especially he had a few seasons in there, 09, 10, and then 10, 11, where he, he played under 70 games both years. And I remember there was a lot of talk about, oh, is he, you know, is he kind of that guy who's going to have different little injuries all the time? But he's, he's managed to stay pretty healthy uh, for an older player. You know, at, at this point, it's it's hard to believe that uh, that Getzlaff is 33 now, but he's, yeah, uh, he still managed to stay pretty healthy. Uh, yeah, I you know for for me backing up to Chara, the fact that he is such a nutrition freak and is just in such incredible shape as mm-hmm. a you know 42, 41, 42 year old, I think also speaks to his level of leadership because if the if the old guy's doing it. And he can out, you know, whatever, outlift you, out, outperform you in those physical tests. Uh, I think that you know that's definitely something to go. Oh shoot! I mean, <laughs> I got to keep up with the old guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, Chris Chelios is a great example of a guy who just took his nutrition to a whole nother level and was able to play so long. Yeah, he played till what, like forty five, forty six, forty seven. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I remember Chris Chelios doing some. There was some video of him, and he took us like a spin bike, and he put mm-hmm. it inside of a sauna, and was just going for like forty five minutes, just Stop. dripping inside of this thing, and just <laughs> hauling it inside of this uh, this steamer or uh, yeah sauna. So pretty uh, pretty intense. Okay, so who do you have at your number five? Or let's let's go. Let's go 5-4. Who's your 5-4? Five, five, four? All right. At number five, I have Blake Wheeler. And okay. number four, Alexander Ovechkin. All right. Uh, so at number five, this is going to sound crazy, but number five, I have John Tavares. Wow. Okay. And at number four, I have Blake Wheeler. Okay. Uh, I don't hate it. I did keep Tavares off my list just because of the uncertainty of if he's going to have an A, if he's not going to have a C. So maybe an asterisk for me there, because he would have been on my list had he still be with the Islanders or, you know, already have a C or A on his jersey. Well, I made this list on June 25th, 2016. <laughs> so that's no. Uh, I put him on there because even if he doesn't have a C, he, I mean, he was a phenomenal captain in New York. I think he just lived and breathed the Islanders uh, coming as a, you know, a a kid and being there for so long and, and leading that team. I know he didn't lead that team to great success, but that wasn't his, it wasn't his fault. He, no. all, I mean, he always played his heart out. And uh, I think that you, you know, I, I think there's, there's a good chance he becomes the captain in Toronto. And uh, so maybe my five pick is, is based on a little potential, but I, I think that he's a phenomenal leader and, uh, just the way when you see him speak publicly, the way he carries himself, he's always so calm, so so calm, uh, but also willing to uh, willing to be honest about things too, which which was evident during this whole free agency process. So uh, I have him at five, and uh, okay, you you said you had Wheeler at four, at five, at five. Oh, you had Wheeler at five. Yep, and Ovechkin at four. Oh, right, right. Um, Ovechkin down at four. Uh, okay, talk about why why those why those guys there. Well, Wheeler to me, he strikes me as just just one of those guys, especially with Winnipeg going through you know even a couple rebuilds over the last well since they pretty much moved the franchise from Atlanta. He's been just one of those guys that's been steady, a rock solid night in night out for this franchise, and he's he's given everything to this this franchise so far, and 
you know, it's, it's starting to pay off now. You see all that hard work, all that grind and, uh, you know, production starting to pay off for them. Um, you know, and I, I think on, on a team right now with, with a lot of younger kids like Line A, Shifley, you know, he's one of those guys that definitely is looked to as, as a leader. Yeah, and Connor, to me, Truba, and yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> with, all the, with all the young kids, that's, he's definitely the guy they're looking to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then for, for number four, Alex Ovechkin, I think, you know, this past season says it all. Um, you know, a lot of people have given him, you know, a lot of a lot of grief for, you know, always missing out in the second round. But, you know, you and I have talked about this constantly where we, we don't feel like it was his fault at all, where it's just other guys around him not producing. And and watching him this this play, past playoff season, just the way he would just push his teammates and just be screaming on the bench or just gets like, I remember there was that save that Holpe made that um, man against Tuck where he had a wide open net and he put his paddle out and grabbed it. And yes, just yes. the look on Ovechkin's face, you can tell how badly he's just he's wanted to win for so long. And just it was, it was great to finally see him get it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's something endearing about uh, a guy whose team has failed so many times and he mm-hmm. was essentially, you know, even though it wasn't his fault, it wasn't fair at all. He, it's, it's not like he got to, you got to playoff time and Ovechkin fell off the map. He, he was still right. fantastic in the playoffs. In fact, in some ways, he was better than Crosby in the playoffs, and Crosby gets a lot of praise for his play in the playoffs. And so, uh, I think there's there's a lot of, you know, just perception that was off. Uh, but yeah, I, I would I would agree with uh, with him being in the top five. Uh, and and Wheeler, I think this last season we really saw him emerge as the true leader of that team, and not mm-hmm. just a. I mean, you know, he was uh, he was their captain the year before when they missed the playoffs, but this this following year you see them become one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, and he's not only leading the way in terms of the the leadership style and the the way that guys rally around him, but he's also leading the way in terms of scoring goals and and uh, putting points on the board. So, yep. Okay, uh, my number three is. I, I want to actually want to hear your number three. Ooh, Cause, okay. Cause um, we're uh, we're coming down to the wire here. And, we are. And so, I mean, by my my count, let's see, we've got a few guys left. I so in our in our top three, I have one, two. You've already said at least one of those guys. So okay, let's hear your number three. Who's your number three? Henrik Zetterberg. Oh, the Homer pick. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, my John Tavares pick, I guess, was a homer pick. So uh, a little bit, uh, though. I mean, let, let's be honest. Zetterberg, he's got the Stanley Cup. He's got the Conn Smite. Um, to me, he's he's a quiet leader, and he's that guy that plays so well at both ends of the ice. And after watching him this last season, a guy who couldn't practice but yet showed up for every game with that back injury. I mean, I, I've been waiting for the last couple of years for him to just. I mean, have to, you know, call it quits because of his back, but yet he still shows up and, and produces and goes out there and quietly leads a group of, you know, a lot of really lot bad of young guys, guys that are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so for me, my number three is Henrik Zetterberg and the, it might be a little, a little bit more favorable because he has the hometown pick, but that's where he is. I mean, me. go in and talk to me f- like five years ago. And I, we, you know, maybe four years ago, and I, I could, I could, make, you know, you could make a case for him being in the top five. To me, I, I think that 
exactly the reason you said that he is your pick for a top three, that hey, he missed all these practices, and but yet he comes for the game. Uh, he missed all these practices. He's not around because he's so busy having to get rehab done. How how much of a leader can he really put time into being? And not saying that he, you know, guys don't like him and, and, and all that, but I mean, when you're constantly having to worry about yourself, it's very difficult to lead other men. And so for, for that reason, he missed my list entirely. Uh, okay. And, well, and, on the flip uh, side, yep. let me, I mean, I make this argument to you too, because, you know, I, I kind of look at it like, for instance, when Boston won the Stanley Cup, we hear about Patisse Bergeron playing with a punctured lung the whole entire series, right? I think guys knowing that guys will play through those rough patches with those injuries and that kind of stuff almost is an ability to lead in itself. Okay, and that's fair. Uh, yeah, definitely playing through injury is a is something to have, you know, the, the hat tipped in your direction. <laughs> uh, but I'd say that also his... Uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe it has something to do with the fact that the team around him isn't all that great, and so there's not a whole lot that he's really influencing, I guess, is, is that too. Although although maybe we see his leadership in three or four years with uh, with the guys that are on this team that are growing through and going through these growing pains. Um, sure. I, I'm I'm not actually ripping on Henrik Zetterberg. I, I like him. I actually <laughs> I think that he's a he's been a great player. He's he has been a good captain for that team. Uh, just they just haven't really seen success since he became captain, not by any fault of his own. Uh, okay, my number three is John Nathan Taves. <laughs> Jonathan Taves, uh, another Johnny T on my in my top five. Uh, okay, I mean Jonathan Taves is hard not to put him somewhere in this top ten list. Uh, three Stanley Cups as the captain of the Blackhawks and. I believe he won. Did he win? Ever win a a Conn Smythe? Yeah, he did. I think he did. Yeah, I, when he was twenty one, I believe the first cup they won. Uh, okay, run. okay, yeah, there you go. Yes, two thousand and ten Conn Smythe winner, the second youngest to win the Conn Smythe. Nice. Only Patrick Waugh was the the next youngest youngest captain huh? to ever win. So, uh, I mean, and, and that and it, just. The way that he's he's carried himself, um, I think that if he has another year like this past year, though, that he mm-hmm. he probably or or he continues to take steps backwards, uh, I I think he probably falls off this list. Uh, but you know, you, you can only have so many fifty ish points every year before you start to kind of be in that next tier of player where it's like, well, you're a great leader, but you're not really that great of a player anymore and so let's find some other guys to be on this list yeah i mean that's fair um you know i will say in his defense he uh you know 52 points this past season but 58 and 58 the years before so not too big of a drop off but on the flip side though for a guy getting paid 10 million dollars let's be honest i mean yeah (laughs) it's a little it's a little much for him yeah Uh, i think maybe chicago regrets giving him quite that much sure but okay, uh, I mean, in, in reality, he's only had one seventy-point season his whole career. So, I, I, I mm-hmm. think that they're paying him for more than just his his numbers. But at some point, you got to put up some numbers. Uh, okay, sure. I, I have a feeling I know who one of the players is on your top two. Uh, let's hear your number two, 
captain in the National Hockey League? Uh, the guy you just talked about, Mr. Taves. Okay, all right. So he gets yeah. your he gets your number two. Uh, why why put Taves above an Ovechkin? Well, I think, for instance, just like we talked about, the the three Stanley Cups definitely speak very loud. Um, you know, I I think he is definitely like we talked about. You know, he's not necessarily paid for his points, but he's paid for every other aspect of his game. Um, you know, he is a very, uh, you know, it's been touted time and time again. I think most, the majority of the, 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 the greatest captains list I've ever, you know, I've, I've read online, a majority of them put him in the top 10 of all time captains. Uh, a lot of them right now characterize him as the number one captain in the NHL, uh, even though I clearly disagree with that, um, because I, I do think point production does have something to do with that. However, I think his play at both ends of the ice the way he carries himself, you know, in that locker room and, and quietly leads that team, I think, um, you know, in the three Stanley Cups, the Selkie, it, it doesn't hurt his, his case at all. Yeah, he's like the Dale Carnegie of NHL captains. <laughs> uh, okay, so you have Taves at number two. Yes. And uh, I have Ovechkin at number two. Okay. Ovechkin is this high on my list, not even because of what he did this last season, um, it certainly he would he wouldn't be this high if he hadn't won a Stanley Cup, uh, but his passion for the game is truly unmatched. Uh, I, I th- you I'm sure you could say well you know these some of these guys just don't wear their heart on their sleeve the same way but they're just as passionate and I would mm-hmm. argue that passion is wearing your heart on your sleeve. It's showing people and showing emotion to your teammates. And there truly is no, no player with more talent in the game today that shows his emotion more and gets into the game. And I don't know if there's any player to ever play the game that loves to score a goal more than Ovechkin, or at <laughs> least who shows that he loves it more than Ovechkin. Uh, and, and I think that it just, it has to fire you up to see that guy on the bench, on the ice, the way that he carries himself. It's just got to fire you up. And I, I think that the way that he's always – like he's had to endure a lot of crap about, well, you don't lead well, you don't lead well, you're not good defensively, yada, 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 yada. And it wasn't until finally Barry Trotz you – know, all right, I'm going to teach you a little defense, but in reality, you're here to score goals. Let's let's let you do what you're good at. Let's let this guy do what he's good at. And I think that Ovechkin embodies that. That like you just go play hockey, and yeah. you're going to be great at one or two things. Then go be great at those one or two things. And I th- I think that his leadership has allowed Tom Wilson to be the player that he needs to be. And uh, and I I just I think that you've seen that team grow up over the last 10 years. All those players are who they are, I think, in large part because of Alexander Ovechkin. So. Sure. I I couldn't agree more. I do think, um, for me, the one knock I, I, I've always had against Ovechkin, um, you know, when you, when you talk about international play, and I think this kind of plays a little bit into why you and I both probably had the same guy at number one here. Um, when you look internationally, for instance, the Olympics, right, in 2014, when NHL players were, were playing, you know, he was not the captain of his of his country. Uh, Pavel Dadzuk was. But when you look back at guys like, for instance, uh, you know, Henrik Zetterberg, he captained the Team Sweden in 2014. Isn't it funny that that Dadzuk isn't the captain of <laughs> of uh, wasn't the captain of the Red Wings ever? But then, yeah. 
You know, I I wonder if Zetterberg got it because he was they they wanted to pass the Swedish torch along. Yeah, it's it's I, again like we we talked about it in our last list. I think it has something to do with him being Russian versus you know that Canadian thing. And even though Zetterberg's Swedish, I think it's just it's easier to sell a guy like Zetterberg than it is Dadzuk. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who can speak some better English? But, <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's certainly when when you look up and down this list and you go, all right, who are the guys who aren't North American? I mean, that mm-hmm. list is pretty short. You've got Chara, Zetterberg, Kopitar, Koivu, and Carlson. That's five. Uh, you had Henrik Sedin would be six, and then Ovechkin seven. So seven out of the the 31 teams have a captain who's from Europe and in real like so most of those guys have been the captain for a long time right so they're they're deeply entrenched i don't know if you know ovechkin leaves washington i don't know if he's replaced with some another russian you know that's it's very especially russians uh i mean is ovechkin the only russian that's a that's a captain yeah yeah i believe so so it's a, a rare feat uh so, okay, so our number ones, of course, here we go, Mike Fisher of the Nashville Predators, <laughs> Sidney Crosby uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, uh, uh, I, I had Derek England from Vegas. I'm sorry. Oh, Shoot. oh well, okay, this is awkward. <laughs> um, three, St- three Stanley Cups and a couple Conn Smythe trophies along with Olympic gold being the captain of both Olympic golds that he he took home. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also, I believe, captain of the world championship teams that he's been on. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just the if if you were able to take out those years where he was, you know, kind of he was growing up. We'll say we'll be kind. We'll yeah. say he was growing <laughs> up. Uh, and and you go maybe after just. Just remove that first cup run. I, I do think those guys were playing for him, um, but I think that the leadership in that room was, you know, guys like Bill Guerin and uh, Zubov and and some Gonchar. Yeah, or Gonchar. That's who I'm thinking. Uh, yep. Those the older guys were kind of carrying that leadership team, but uh, especially these last two cups, those gold medal wins for Canada. It's very evident that Sidney Crosby is a guy that other leaders look to. Uh, just the way he plays the game. I, I I really think it's the way he plays the game because he is the greatest grinder to ever play the game. There's no oh, one better that gets down low and can cycle the puck and just goes to where the puck is going to go and uh, and does it with incredible skill. And so, uh, no matter if his shot, you know, his shots from the top of the circle are going in or not, it doesn't matter because he's going to score goals because he's down low and he's doing the dirty work. And uh, and I think also a testament to the injury that he had to go through that almost ended his career uh, yeah. to be able to come back and still put himself in the – he didn't change his game at all. No, and I, for me another big big sticking point why Crosby's number one on my list is how he makes everybody else around him better. And we, we've seen time and time again where he's stuck with these third and fourth line wingers, but somehow they manage to look like 50, 60-point players that are phenomenal guys. Yes, yes, that too. He does. He makes everyone around him better, unless they're really good, and then he makes them worse. <laughs> uh, he also is the longest-serving captain in the NHL right now. Uh, this is true. Until last season, when Shane Doan 
I don't know if he was kicked off the team or retired. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he had been. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I lied. Zidane Char is the longest standing captain since 0607, and Crosby yeah. is the uh, Crosby's 0708. So he's the second longest. It's true. And Taves is the third at 0809. So. Okay. Well, right. that that is our uh, our top ten captains list. So Not yeah. Too shabby. Yeah, solid solid list. Um, you can send us, you know, if you think we're dead wrong, you think Mark Giordano should have been on that list, or I, I mean, Connor <laughs> McDavid missed both of our lists. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you can. There's a case to be made for Andy Green and the way that he led the Devils. Who, I mean, I'm sure we could we could make that case, uh, but I'm not going to. Uh, Claude Giroux also missed that list too, and at one point touted as the best player in the world by uh, was that was that Pierre McGuire. <laughs> I feel like it was. Um, oh, I hope not. I, I remember somebody of significance saying, oh, he's the best player in the world. Oh, maybe it was, uh, was it Doc Emmerich? Ah, I got to pull that up, and we'll talk about it next show. But that's uh, that's our show for today. We'll see you guys later in the week. And if you have any ideas for new top ten lists, tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, you are I, – I don't know what I'm trying to say right here, but – you're. Yeah, you're beautiful. I, I am too. You're beautiful just the way you are. And never change, Andy, Andy Green. Never change. We'll talk to you guys later.